0: you're listening to the sovereign society podcast a spiritual lifestyle sanctuary empowering you to honor the journey trust the process and radiate your radness i'm your soul guide sabrina riccio kundalini yoga teacher spiritual mentor and modern medicine woman who's on a mission to anchor in heaven on earth in this golden era Join me every week where I gather some of my favorite spiritual leaders, goddess panors, and change for some authentic conversations about all things spirituality, wellness, what it takes to build your empire, and so much more. Over the years, after my deep kundalini awakening and a series of events like being struck by lightning... It's been loud and clear that part of my divine purpose here is to share with you the tools and the guidance that supported me along the way. My mission here is to empower you to navigate through these changing times with ease and grace as you go forth and align to your soul's destiny while staying true and real along the way. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sovereign Society podcast and get ready because we're about to go in deep and come out the other side stronger than ever before. Hello and welcome to this brand new episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. How we doing today? So I'm really excited about this episode because you literally cannot make this shit up. And this is the epitome of being at the right place at the right time. And so my guest today, he's a dream mason and he's an inspirational coach that's really helping people in their businesses and their lives. And what I love about Alex Terranova is that I was coming back from the Longevity Now conference um, with Sahara Rose and I was interviewed on Luke Story's podcast, the Lifestylist podcast. Um, And actually, as I release this episode... Today with Alex, my episode with Luke is also being released. So go check that out on the Lifestylist podcast. So, you know, I recorded this a while ago. And when I recorded it, Alex was my second guy. But like something was like, it's not ready to come out yet. It's not ready to come out yet. It's not coming to come out yet. And then I decided last week, I was like, okay, like I'm going to bring Alex's out. And then sure enough, I get a text from Luke saying like, hey, your episode's coming out. So it's very interesting how that is. But I met Alex Well, he was in Joshua Tree and you'll hear about his story in this episode. But essentially, he's just been following his intuition on where to go. He like all he has, all his stuff in storage. He's just been with his car. He's been all over and just hearing and listening to the guidance and where he's supposed to be. And so it's really amazing to see how he's just completely trusting. And he's just like being in this flow and continuing to better himself because his story is really amazing. Like, he was in the hospitality industry and then he realized that there was a point where he just wasn't happy anymore. And he had this like transformational breakthrough that helped him to realize, like, to honor emotions and to honor feelings and what it means to be a man in today's day and world and how important it is to be in that space of vulnerability. And it's so amazing because a lot more men are really allowing themselves to be more connected to their emotions and what they're feeling as they're tapping more into their feminine energy while also healing their masculine. And it was just like conversations like this that make me so happy that I finally have men in this group and in this sector. And so... He was here in Joshua Tree for a month and I accidentally went to the wrong yoga class at the studio I teach at. I thought I was going to a bar class and it ended up being a yoga class and I was talking about the Longevity Now conference and health and then he just chimes in, you know, so being at the right place at the right time, you know, and so it was just really amazing to hear Alex, uh, his story, to hear his passion about choice, the power of choice, And how he's really been truly honoring the journey and trusting the process. It's been so amazing. So I'm really excited for you to check out this episode. And essentially what we talk about here is his nomadic journey that led him to Joshua Tree. What it really takes to find the same people that are on your vibe. And finding your people. What it means to heal the wounded masculine and feminine within. Becoming becoming aware of our separateness. The truth behind shame versus guilt and how we can start to begin to heal our intimacy issues. We also talked about the rise of spiritual bypassing and why we need to be more aware. This has been a topic that has been repeated time and time again because we're all waking up. (laughs) And so a lot of what we talked about too was about what we experience is simply our choice and the power behind our choice and what it means to be with your feelings, healing stigmas around therapy. Um, and how women can begin to hold space for men this is so massive I love asking the men like how can women show up better for them you know it's such a powerful conversation and it's so interesting to hear all these different perspectives so I love that and the biggest thing I think that is that was really strong with me with this episode too is just like really taking responsibility for your decisions and knowing that everything is part of your purpose. And that has just been so powerful. So we talked about that, what it takes to be balanced, a true power behind vulnerability, understanding that there is no good or bad decisions, and just really the importance of really being supported by a strong inner circle and that the power of choice is everything. So we talked about transmuting that shame and how Alex did it um and how we can really start to listen to people to build more genuine connections you know and it's time for us to really go after our dreams it's time for us to really show up and to really step up and so it's just really great to see hearing all these people's stories you know and hearing how where our how our experiences have shaped us into the person we are today and you know so with alex working with a lot of different various powerful and successful leaders and creators and innovators like he really helps people build their dream lives and i think it's so amazing that we're seeing more and more people really step up and recognizing that they're worthy of living the life far beyond their wildest dreams so if you haven't already subscribe to the sovereign society podcast And I'm really excited to have you here and check out what Alex has to say. And if you're listening, allow yourself to take a screenshot and post it in your Instagram stories and use the hashtag Sovereign Society Podcast and tag me at Sabrina Riccio. And tag Alex at Inspirational Alex too. I know that both of us really want to see who's listening, what's resonating with you all. And so we're here for you. We're here to see you step up. We're here to see you show up. And this is the time. So without further ado, I'm so excited that we're finally here on episode 45, Choosing to Evolve into a Dream Mason with Alex Terranova. Enjoy. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a new episode of the Sovereign Society here. And a huge part of the Sovereign Society of what I really wanted to do was to have some cosmic dudes on here. I wanted to bring more men. Um, I heard it in my ayahuasca ceremony, like I shared in my interview with Luke Story. And it's actually really funny how I met Alex here because it was the day after I came back from the Longevity Now conference. And I went actually to the wrong yoga class Like I wasn't expecting to go to a hot like vinyasa class. I thought I was going to bar, like no joke. And Alex is going to share like why he's out here in Joshua Tree area, Yucca Valley, why he was in the studio that I teach at and why he's just doing his thing. I don't even know how I ended up at that
1: yoga studio. (laughs) I actually do. it's, it's It's pretty amazing that what would have brought me there and what would have made this happen. So, the, the, how I ended up there quickly was on that was on a Monday, I
0: think. Yeah, it was Monday morning.
1: Sunday, I was driving back. I rented a house in Landers for the whole month,
0: which is where the Integatron is, just so people have an understanding because everyone's like, oh, the Integatron. So, in and that if
1: area. People that know me are like, why? Why did you rent a house in the middle of the desert, pretty much in the middle of nowhere, right? Like, I'm not even in, I'm outside of Joshua Tree. Right. And I don't know the answer. <laughs> all I know all I know is yes. about two months ago, well, for the last eight months, I've basically been living in different cities. So I'm from L.A. originally. I lived in New York for the last like five years. And about eight months ago, I left New York. And that's a bigger story. But basically when I left, I didn't know where to go. Like I knew I didn't want to be in New York and I knew L- there wasn't really anything for me back in L.A. But I didn't know where home. I knew I de- wanted to develop home here, but I didn't know where physical home would be. Yeah. And a friend of mine goes, come live with me in Colorado for a month. So I was like, okay. Or she said two weeks. And I was like, how about a month? (laughs) And she went, okay. So I went and lived with her and her boyfriend in Colorado in this small ski town. And I ended up staying there for a month and a half, basically. And then I went to San Francisco and did a month in San Francisco with my two cousins. And ultimately, over the last eight months, months, I've been in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, Ashland, Oregon, San Diego, LA, New York, Chicago. Um, I'm now in Joshua Tree. San Diego for a month is next month.
0: Where what? in the world is Carmen San Diego?
1: It's <laughs> this was actually not even a possible thing. I was so high maintenance. The the life I used to live, I could not have done this with basically no, you know, a couple of suitcases, but yeah, n- not really any of your stuff. But what got had us meet was on Sunday. I was driving back to the house, and I kind of didn't know what to do with myself. And so I stopped at a random store and then I stopped at another store and I stopped at uh this store on I don't what's that main street that goes out to Lander? 60 Oh,
0: the uh, Pioneer Town?
1: No, it's or I, I guess Warren. it's probably the sixth, the Old Lady Road. Oh, or, Old Woman Springs. <laughs> <laughs> old Woman Springs. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And I stopped
1: at this store that is like a crystal store. Mo- Cedar mo- Cedar
0: and Sage is the is yeah, our and yoga and there's studio. a moon
1: something moon store out that way oh Moonwind. yeah so yeah my girls so i stop at Moonwind. i'm like there's something about it i was like i need to go in the store and the woman working we start talking she actually lived in la where i lived our time overlapped we start connecting sharing she tells me that i have to go to cedar and sage like i have to go to this yoga studio so i did i went the next day i mean it's it's,
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that I walked out and I was going to leave
1: and you were talking about health, right? Like I walked out and you were talking about health and I kind of just like, I wanted to thank the owner.
0: Her name's Sabrina too. Sabrina.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to just thank her because we had had a conversation. I just paused for a minute and listened and I was like, wait, this is a conversation I want to be in. Like to me, that's the life I want to be living now is find people that are on the same vibrational level. Totally. And the only way you do that is... Honestly, to like hear conversations and step into them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I was talking, um, we were talking about like tomatoes and like what I was learning from the Longevity Now conference. Because I went with my good friend Sahara and then I was on Luke Story's podcast. And so I was just like on cloud 12 because I was like, oh, yes, it's sometimes it's hard being out here. And I'm sure you're experiencing, yes, there is a level of consciousness here, but. There's a lot to navigate throughout here, too, because, um, like, with me, I'm, I, my roots are so in the desert, but also very San Diego. And so, like, to have, like, I cried at the beach, like, literally uh, the day, like, two days before I saw you. I was just like, oh, my God, what am I doing in the desert? Because I just bought this house in April. But, again, there's no accidents as to why we're here. And then come to find you have a podcast.
1: And I had just said, I don't know, three, four days before I met you. I want to be on other people's podcasts. Like I love doing my own. Yeah. But I also want like my, I, we, all our stories have value. My totally. story doesn't have any more value than anyone else's, but there is value in it. And I wanted to share it and I want to share it with people like you, which open up new, new communities and new ways to access new people. And it was funny cause I had just said that and yeah, like, you should do my podcast. Yeah, well, <laughs> it
0: was cool because I've just been really open to like since like you're the second cosmic dude on my on my podcast. And it's something I've really wanted to do is to bring more of the masculine perspective to um, because I'm seeing so many more men are getting more in touch with their feminine. And like also a lot more women are healing their masculine because we've had to like kind of like ugh, beat with the like meet up with the guys I know that was my story like I've always had a fucking hunker down and be one with all the dudes and then I completely like disassociated my feminine so which is why I was so focused on like the sovereign goddess was because I needed to go forth and like really own more of that but now it's like finding that balance again and finding that balance of the yin and yang as a kundalini yoga teacher and just as the overall unity consciousness of this like 5d where it's like you know holding a space where men can like express their emotions and women can also like be in a space where they can be super strong and having that sacred container to allow the flow to come through
1: yeah and what I'm seeing for myself and I, I can see it in others, but really for me is it's not just the wounded. It's all wounded. Like we're all, we're all wounded. My masculine is wounded. My feminine is wounded. And for men that are listening to this, that don't like they have a feminine, like we have, we all have a divine masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. And I'm really right now, I love that I'm out here because, so I was in Oregon in February and Oregon I spent the month in actually learning how to feel.
0: Mm. I spent almost the
1: whole month in in an emotional breakdown of tears and like what am I doing and what's my purpose and why and this is all pointless and I suck and and I'm holding space for my clients and all these things but I'm in the midst of the messy, Breakthrough. Yeah, and I didn't know how to feel. Like I had no... Thankfully, I have a million powerful women that support me. And my coach is a powerful man who was like, dude, just feel. Like, don't fix it. Just be in it. Mm-hmm. And I think I had the breakthroughs of feeling, which then let me be here, which I have it is re- about rebuilding back up. And I didn't realize, I'm actually saying that for the first time, but the whole time I've been here, I've been like <gasps> hustling. And I'm noticing, and what's showed up recently is... My masculine is super wounded, and my feminine is also really wounded. And these are not things we look at. Like, especially as men, we don't look at this stuff. Mm -hmm. No basketball coach was ever like, let's look at your feelings. Nobody nobody cares. Well,
0: because they were told not to either, and this is why we're dealing with the society that we are with a lot of (sighs) wounded men is because, you know, big boys don't cry or, like, man up. or Even big girls don't cry. It was just always about, like, shaming feelings and like not being able to honor what's actually going on it's more about like putting on the facade but kind of masking down and that's where the addiction goes up that's where like all of these other self-woundings happen uh, more disassociating with life you know I know for me that's was my sabbatical thing was like I was so ashamed for what I was feeling for so long Because, like, I was like, oh, my God, no one understands what's going on in my fucking head right now. But, like, I had to be able to be in a space where I can, like, reach out and share. And so that's a huge part of why I also want to bring men to, like, bring more men to share and to just really open up and to let men know, like, you are safe to share and you are safe to feel and you are honored exactly as you are. That's been the huge, like a huge motivation for me with this is just to let my brothers know like, hey, you are beautiful as you are. You are enough. And let's all work together to heal and transmute because I don't, like I've said many times before, I don't believe the future is female if anything, that is just going to bring the pendulum to the opposite side of the direction, I believe that the future is all-inclusive. And for it to be all-inclusive, we have to work on balancing that masculine and feminine within because that is how we create a unity consciousness. It's like not us versus them. It's us and them.
1: Well, the separate is the whole issue. Yeah. Right? So whether it be separate male women or separate black, white or separate yeah. countries or cities or whatever, it's all about separate. And I think the, the separate division mm-hmm. goes all the way back to our childhood in we're set. We become separate from ourselves. Mm-hmm. So then if I'm separate from me, how could I ever be one with you or even connect with you in a way that would have me so exposed that we could really connect like the intimacy, the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think for men, You know, unfortunately, in the world we live in, women have some there's so much trauma and men do, too. But a lot of men don't. It's not the same. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just.
0: Do you feel like men are just like kind of ignoring it or just like naive to it or.
1: Well, I think it's a both. So Mm -hmm. if we look at just like sexual trauma, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: more women have sexual trauma than men. Now, it's That you... we're
0: aware of because a lot of men. Totally. Yeah.
1: And I think they say that like, hey, one out of f- three women or one out of four. Mm-hmm. And it's like one out of six men. That's what we know of. Yeah. So let's just say it's like, cut that in half. So it's like one out of every two women. And let's just say it's one out of every three or four men. The thing is we have trauma even if we didn't have trauma. Mm-hmm. That's the thing I'm getting really present to is I don't have trauma. Like I don't, nothing happened to me when I was a kid that, you'd go, oh, my God, like he, he has work to do. But everything that happened to you when you were a kid actually gives you work to do because our minds aren't formed. Mm-hmm. So when we're kids, we don't know how to process anything. Nothing makes sense, right? So one of my favorite examples is if I was sitting in a room and my parents were fighting and I'm four years old or five years old. I don't actually understand that my parents have bills and obligations and all these other things, or they have their own problems. Mm -hmm. It's only me. So they're fighting because of me because I'm bad or I did something wrong. Now, Mm -hmm. when you look at, we were talking about shame before we started this. And one of the things I learned recently about shame is, so shame is I am bad guilt is I did a bad thing. Now if I'm sitting in a room as a little kid and I'm thinking my parents are fighting about me, I am bad not I did a bad thing like it's internalized so the the breakthrough I recently just had is like I have shame too and the fact that I thought I didn't have shame was actually just another way I kept myself separate like oh no all of those people have shame but not me mm-hmm. but mine just doesn't it just looks different mine is is crafted from my own story which is essentially that I wasn't heard and when you think about Parents, like, of course parents don't listen to a seven-year-old. When a seven-year-old's like, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that, what parent would be like, of course we'll listen to you. They don't know. And so parents do – I have great parents, and they were amazing when I was a kid, and they're amazing now. But they did what they thought was right, which Mm -hmm. sometimes have them not listen to me.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, that had me go, I wasn't heard or seen. Mm -hmm. And so now as a grown-up, I have intimacy issues – Because intimacy requires I be seen, like fully seen. That's not a good idea. That's not safe. It didn't work when I was a kid. Why would I do it now?
0: Mm -hmm. So how do coaches and men like you, how are we able, how are they able to like, you know, stand up and like support? Because I feel like, you know, if you're, you are definitely not the only guy that is feeling this way. You know, and I feel like it's so interesting because, yeah, you're a couple years older than me, but the truth is, is that like our generation, like, I feel like we are really like doing the fucking work. Like, we are really doing the work so that it doesn't get brought to the next generations. You know what I mean?
1: I think the generation before us did the work to make therapy acceptable. Totally. And my mom's a therapist, therapy's great. And I actually think the next level, and this is a completely personal thing is actually something different because therapy for me often is like going back into the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I think from a spiritual perspective, I'm all about like, time isn't Like this is all a construct and made Mm -hmm. up and we actually want to move, be in the present. Mm -hmm. So I think our, where we're at is more, is it, is something completely new where we're trying to make be okay in where we are. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily go to the future and not go to the past, but actually be okay right here.
0: Yeah, it's no future tripping. Right. Mm -hmm. And not allowing that past to like continue to bleed into the future. But it's not but not spiritual bypassing either.
1: Yeah. Which is which is a very I was a friend said to me this morning. She was like, it's such a West Coast thing
0: what spiritual bypassing
1: yeah that if she she works on the east and west coast and she's like every time i come to the west coast people have this idea that like they can use spirituality to skip over their trauma
0: amazing that was episode 33 of the podcast with my friend krista we're talking about spiritual bypassing because i was seeing it a lot too you know like it's so challenging like going to school for marketing and like keeping up and seeing what's going on with like my peers in this field, you know, and I feel like some of them are just like throwing the spiritual terms, whatever, but a lot of them aren't doing the work. And I feel like as we continue to really like go into it, you're going to be able to spot that out.
1: Well, of course you'd want to spiritually bypass because this, this shit is hard.
0: Yeah. For like, sure. And
1: especially I look, I can't speak to what it must be like for a woman to do the work. Right. I can only speak to my perspective as a man. And, It's everything that I was never taught. Mm -hmm. It's the complete opposite of everything I was ever taught. So when people are like, it's uncomfortable, it sucks, it's not fun. I'm like, of course it is. If I asked you to run a marathon tomorrow and you'd never run before, that would suck too. Mm -hmm. It's simply doing things we've never done. And when you asked before, like with the idea about with men is we actually just have to be willing to start looking I think mm-hmm. that's like where it starts is to go the the way I think that especially in America, so this applies to women too, is we're taught to like succeed, go make money, get the best job. It's it's really like get good grades or be good at sports or both, or maybe an instrument. Go to college, get set up so you can make a whole bunch of money, so you can get married, get
0: that nine to five,
1: get the nine to five, or start some great business, mm-hmm. have a family, have kids, let them repeat the cycle and go on and on. Mm-hmm. And what seems to be more and more apparent is that people just aren't satisfied or fulfilled. And some of us get, somebody dies, someone gets sick. They have this blessing of like, they get to be woken up. And then some of us get woken up in other ways. Mm -hmm. And then I think once you wake up, you get woken up again and again and again and again because our consciousness just keeps, it's like an onion, right? You Mm -hmm. peel off a layer and there's another layer and another layer and another And it's our consciousness
0: is ever expanding too. Yeah. So As the onion's getting bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the never-ending onion. Well, I just think, you know, like, I w- when you were saying that, what was coming in my head was, like, technology. Right. Technology has really made that. So it's, like, you know, with technology, we're, like, okay, like, now I can see what's going on in Thailand. Mm-hmm. You know, now I can see what's going on in Australia. Like, I can have more
1: problems yeah I can see more things to worry about yeah
0: it's not in like our parents generation there wasn't the idea of internet either or so you were just getting news that was happening in other parts of the world either through television or days after yeah. but now with everything being so instant you're really seeing like whoa this is a really fucking small world like yeah. we are so connected like just the idea of like how this conversation happened right now and you're talking about like There's like we have a a friend that has like this degrees of separation and like, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: things like that that are just always like blowing my fucking mind. Like, whoa, like what a powerful time that we chose to reincarnate on this planet and through our experiences and allowing ourselves to be more vulnerable and willing to say yes and opening up to really be like, um, I'm here to experience (laughs) good, bad and indifferent, you know.
1: Yeah, that really – the the experience thing is – it's almost everything. Yeah. Like choosing to experience because we can just choose to not. Right. And, and so many of us are, right? We can just choose to keep doing the thing that we've always done. And maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. I'm all about like what's the life experience. Mm-hmm. So if you have all the money and the best job and like the beautiful house and like all the things – But the life experience isn't satisfying. Mm -hmm. If you're not excited to put your feet on the floor in the morning, like you actually don't want to get out of bed, it's bullshit to say that you love sleeping. I love sleeping too. But if you actually (laughs) loved your life, you'd get out of bed and you'd be excited about it. Think about, if any of us think about the day that we have something that we are really excited about, we're not like, man, I just want to stay in bed. We're actually like getting out of bed. But we train ourselves... To like hide in our bed. And then we make it okay by telling ourselves stories like I love sleep or or we sabotage it by staying up late at night or doing whatever. But I think that that's my thing is like I want to experience life. That's the me moving around. Mm-hmm. That's me finding uncomfortable situations to be in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the place if you're a man and you don't know where to look. Like look, feelings are part of the experience of life. Sadness isn't wrong. It's actually human
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we're taught to like
0: that's a stigma that we're really transmuting mm-hmm. right or, now or
1: anger right mm-hmm. like set we look out oh, here this is a great i didn't know how to, when i i remember getting on the phone with my coach and going i'm sad and he was like okay and i was like and i don't what do i do with it how do i fix it and he was like what do you how do i fix <laughs> this how do i no, i think my word because i knew i didn't want to fix something was like how do i heal it
0: uh. and he
1: was like why do you have to do anything with it and i'm so happy that i have a like a man that's powerful that can hold the space for me and i went what do you like what do you mean I, if it's if i'm sad i got to heal it or fix it and he was like what if it was just being with it just letting yourself let it pass through you because there's actually something on the other side
0: mm-hmm.
1: So I was in Oregon during this and I was like, I don't, I don't know how to be sad. Like, I don't know how to just cry. They don't teach
0: you how to be sad or how to properly be angry or Mm -mm. feeling of any of those. It's all there's again, there's so much of that shame.
1: Yeah. And even joy, I think is like, how do we, we do joy the way we see it. We like Mm -hmm. copy like, oh, this is how I should look when I'm excited.
0: Mm -hmm. Which is the highest vibration there is, is joy. Yeah.
1: But you can't get, somebody said a, a perfect analogy the other day one of my friends was like, think of your emotions as a pendulum. Mm-hmm. So if we have like love and fear or sadness and joy, whatever, a pendulum only swings as far both ways. So if, if I'm going to cut it off and like I'm not going to do sadness, which I didn't do sadness. I also didn't do anger. I had no sadness or anger. I just like, I was like the cool California kid, just shrug it all off. My pendulum doesn't swing because there's no sadness or anger. My pendulum just sits. So I also have no joy. And when I saw that – now, I saw this a long time ago. The pendulum was a beautiful example of it. Mm-hmm. Was I was like, man, all I want is happiness. If you asked me what I wanted two years ago, three years ago, I was like, I just want to be happy. But it was impossible from there because how do I swing it?
0: What's, it, what's the the star's brightest in the darkest of nights? And I feel like with you being here, you're seeing stars probably for the first oh time. Bad.
1: Yeah, the sky is amazing. <laughs> I mean, the sunsets are amazing. The sky is <laughs> yeah, amazing. Even God. the trees as I was driving here – I was looking at Joshua trees going, these trees are the most screwed up things I've ever seen. And yet everyone is completely different and they're not screwed up at all. Yeah. They're actually perfect. And they, you could look at Joshua trees like we look at people. I mean, they are uniquely independent in each one mm-hmm. and they're all perfect exactly the way they are, whether they're bent over into the ground mm-hmm. or straight up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a really. And
0: they're resilient too.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, they're living in the desert.
0: Yeah so that just shows you like are your own resilience you know it's a great way to remember to just keep going and keep that perseverance no matter what the storms are going just to stand tall and just to be in that space so when you're talking about the pendulum I think of my own life I couldn't help but think of my life because I was in such the fucking gutter like deep like I was sharing before like I took like a four-year sabbatical after like I was struck by lightning and Difficult. It's <laughs> difficult. It's who
1: gets struck by lightning? I can like now say I've met someone who was struck yeah. by lightning. I and don't know if that's a good thing or not. Bud but.
0: too. Bud was too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, a difficult LSD trip was like uh, six years ago, Sunday. And so I've been just doing a lot of reflecting, and from those experiences, I was like in the fucking gutter. And so I know like if to me my favorite analogy is also the arrow being pulled back. You know, the arrow it gets pulled back and shot so much further. In that way, too. So that's something I've been really addressing and honoring lately, too, in my life is, like, seeing where I've been. Because, you know, I've done the thole therapy thing, too, especially after the lightning accident. Like, my friend's mom's like, you need to go see a therapist. And I listened because it's I was just. probably a great time to
1: see a therapist. That's real <laughs> good trauma right there. Yeah.
0: So I was like, okay. And I was driving back to Orange County every week to go see my college therapist mm-hmm. because I didn't have to go back to, like, I just felt like I didn't have to go back to that story of, like, un- unlashing and unhashing everything that I've already worked mm-hmm. through to, like, talk about, like, the core. So I was driving 90 minutes once a week from Palm Springs to Orange County to go see my college therapist. You know, she wasn't at school. she had her She had a private practice, too. So, but to do that and then, you know, even now I look back and I'm grateful for that, but since becoming a coach back in, what, 2013 and, like, doing my own kind of experience and just living, it's, yeah, I definitely feel like things are definitely evolving in that way too. And it's really amazing to even see like therapists today are actually really um, also passionate about alternative methods too. Like one of my girlfriends, she's a therapist and she wants to be working with plant medicines, you know, Um, and to be able to work in that way. One of my friends, Sarah Gale, she was one of the early episodes of the podcast. We did a whole thing about psychedelic harm reduction and she's also a therapist. Um, so I do feel like, you know, there are also alternatives that are kind of happening around therapy too, but I think that's the other thing we have to really, um, heal is the stigma around that shame of going to therapy, you know, and so to hear more people talk about it and more people be like, you know what, like I, I had to go through that and I'm glad I did. But I definitely understand what you're talking about, like having to rehash everything rather than like moving forward. And, and, it,
1: and it, look, it depends on the person, right? I, right? One of the things I love about the world we're in right now is it. I don't care if you're into like a motivational speaker, you want to have a coach, you want to have a therapist, you go to a the, somebody to meditate with, whatever. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's all the same thing, just wrapped in different wrapping paper. Mm-hmm. The gift inside is finding yourself, mm-hmm. because you don't have what I need. Mm-hmm. Only I have what I need. It's simply my job, your job, a therapist's job, to help us access that thing.
0: Mm-hmm. If hold space and
1: yeah, if mm-hmm. you sit with me and I tell you what your life path is, I'm full of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's people that will do that, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But who are they? Like, well,
0: coaching one on one is like it's not about your agenda you're not there to fix them yeah like a lot of the times you know like if i'm having a client i can hold space and like i can think that it's going one way based off of their intake question like you know that they fill out but when they schedule their appointment like what's come up for you what's you know what what did you what what missed the mark or whatever but then they can show up that day and they can just have a fucking day where it's like everything that's all like None of that matters. <laughs> it's just like, what does the person in front of you need? Yeah. You know?
1: And do they even know what they need? Yeah. That's like a whole nother, if you if we look at it from the man perspective, we don't know what we need because you'd have to actually know your feelings to know what you need. Yeah. Or you'd have to know what you're committed to or what's missing. I, the first time I got asked what I needed, I was like, what do you mean? What, what do I need? I, I need oxygen, air, food, water, a place to live and like clothes. So I have all those things. And it was like, No, you actually need other things. And I was like, what do you mean? And it was so when it was said to me, it landed, but it was like, you need love, you need Mm -hmm. connection, you need compassion, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you need physical touch. And the fact that that was like not even in a radar, not like nowhere, and this is not that long ago. And I went, oh, and then, and then how do I even get those things, right? How do I know? I don't know what that means. Like, I I haven't, you're asking me to decipher something that I don't have a tool for. for.
0: It's so foreign. Yeah. So how, as a man, what are some ways that men can start to, like, really tap into that, that you've experienced through your journey of, like, really beginning to honor what it is you need and, like, what you're feeling without the shame and really Mm -hmm. just, like, being vulnerable and open.
1: I think it starts with being okay with wherever you are mm-hmm. because we're all in different places, and we're so and, and comparing yourself to someone else, like how you had your awakening, how I had mine or where we're supposed to be, just separates us even more, mm-hmm. like just be okay with where you are if you're miserable, actually be okay in that, be okay in your sadness, be okay in your anger, be okay in the job you don't like, mm-hmm. but actually just be there
0: and I think but also taking the steps to better yourself not yeah. wallowing.
1: Yeah, I mean like yeah. you got I I have to be okay where I am to actually
0: like I actually it's have acceptance. to acceptance. Yes, yes. And I have
1: to see it before I can do anything with mm-hmm. it, right? I can't change something I don't know that's going on.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: that and then to me it's always noticing next. Like what's actually happening and as a man we push things off to go to the next thing. So it's make more money get the next girl, get the next object, the next paycheck, whatever. It's actually slowing that down. So whether that be, sometimes I think like practicing for meditation is a great way to just to slow your mind. And there's a billion apps like people don't need. This is not rocket science. Like with an iPhone, there's a million ways to meditate. Yeah. So, but actually getting present to what's going on for you. So if I'm sad, Mm -hmm. if I feel something that feels like sadness, what's actually happening? If I feel something that feels like anger, what's actually happening? And I think the place to look is fear and love. I love, because it's easy. There's only two things, right? Those are the extreme Mm -hmm. emotions. If I'm afraid of something or if I'm angry at something, where is that coming from? Can I identify it on that scale? Is it the fear or love side? And ultimately, just noticing that is a great place to start. Mm -hmm. Because then I can go, oh, I notice it's fear. I'm angry at that guy that hit on my girlfriend at the bar because my girlfriend might leave me mm-hmm. or because i might have to go get in a fight which could lead to trouble whatever it is mm-hmm. that's all fear based right so if i actually said okay if i wanted to come from love how might i respond that's a huge step yeah but just having the conversation with yourself moves us a little forward you might not be able to you're likely not going to go all the way to love from fear in one step But maybe you could go. That's the
0: miracle is that shift and it takes time.
1: I mean, look, it could happen in one shot, right? Mm -hmm. It could also happen in feeling the feeling and just letting it be. Like because I'm angry, I don't actually have to do. We're taught like, okay, I'm angry. So I need to go hit a punching bag, go hit someone else, go yell and scream. I could actually just sit here and be angry. And feel that. And that's super uncomfortable. Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. Or the sadness. When I, that the experience of me being sad, I'd never seen the show, This Is Us. But oh. I, but everyone says, <laughs> this show makes you cry, right? So I knew I had to practice being sad. So I literally turned on the TV and started watching the episodes. I was bawling. <laughs> The next morning, yeah. the, the friend who was living with me in Oregon, I came downstairs and she's like, how are you? And I was like, I think I cried myself to sleep. Like, I think I cried for like three hours, but I needed some, I needed like almost an
0: Like a reassurance, like a push kind what, of thing, right? I needed
1: something to help me do it. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't get there myself mm-hmm. simply because I didn't know how. And now Ooh. yeah, you practice and things become easier. So with anger, sadness, practice feeling it notice where you're stopping on that mm-hmm. pendulum. Like I got really clear, like I'm not happy. I'm also not angry or sad. That's kind of weird. How, am, how have I just muted all my emotions and it's all from this place of trying to keep like this to be somebody who I wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Thanks. Thank you for sharing. Ah, I love that. So as you know, as as a woman of course we want the men in our lives to like start to share more of that and to not be ashamed of you know s- saying like i don't know how to get there i don't know what that looks like i don't know what that is what are some ways that you feel as as a woman as a as a man telling a woman or sharing with a woman what is a way that more women can hold space for that cuz i know a lot of the people that are listening here most likely have, may have a significant other, may not. But they want to hold space for their man too because, um, or their woman, whatever, it's same, same. A lot of people are just afraid to really be vulnerable and really share and really just be authentic with how they're feeling, what they're feeling, and know that it's okay to feel what they're feel. So how would you say, from a male's perspective, what is a way that women can hold space for these men without demasculinizing them?
1: Yeah, it's tough because I think first off you, for most, for the average man, Mm -hmm. I think you have to think that like, this is literally like asking him to speak a foreign language. Totally. You wouldn't walk (laughs) up to your dude and be like, hey, speak Chinese.
0: Yeah.
1: And then if you were like, come on, what's wrong with you? Why are you not speaking Chinese? Like, of course this would erupt into something. And, and look, as men, we do our version of this with women, right? We're Mm -hmm. just not on the same, not just men and women, but like with each other as human beings whether it's man man woman woman we're just not on the same page i think the best place to start is compassion to actually try to hear people more like less telling what people to do or less, and actually just try to hear somebody more and from that place trying to get them wherever they are and not make it wrong and this is tough because we all we're programmed to judge we're literally programmed from birth to to judge each other which is just another way we separate ourselves mm-hmm. so to to listen more um, and that might mean like actually respecting somebody's not wanting to because if I don't want to talk about my feelings and you're like come on I know this isn't easy Alex, share
0: with me come on do it yeah
1: yeah it's not it's it's not going to happen um and so the Person actually has to want to, right? So if, if if you're a woman and you're with a man who doesn't want to share, you can't make him. Right. What you can do is actually have compassion for the fact that he's either likely so scared, has so much sadness, fear, shame. There's something there that y- that he likely isn't, might not even be present to. But from compassion, how what might you do? Because we don't get to change each other. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things when I do relationship coaching is, and relationship could be romantic or Mm work-related, is if you and I, just to say each human being equals a one in in our automatic autopilot state. So the way you go out in the world on autopilot, which we all do all the time, right? Nobody's thinking about most of the things. You're a one. If you and always, if you and I were married and we always came home, we're always a one. We always show up in our default, our autopilot. And let's say things aren't working and you decide, hey, you know, I realize like I'm actually getting present to who I'm being, not what I'm doing, but who I'm being in the relationship. I'm going to do something different today. So instead of trying to get Alex to talk about his feelings, I'm just going to like love him. I'm literally just going to come from love and that's it. Whatever that looks like for each person. Honor. Yeah. You're not a one anymore. Now you're like a three, a five, a 35. It doesn't matter. Some, you represent something else other than one. So I can still show up as me, exactly how I always do. But because you show up different, we get a different result. And it's the complete opposite of what we, what most of us are trying to do, right? We're trying to make the other person be a different thing. Whereas actually we show up as a different thing. The res- it's a different result. Now, it might not be the result we want. Mm-hmm. But then we can try it a different way. Maybe love wasn't the thing. Maybe it's compassion. Maybe it's serving someone. Maybe it's receiving. I right?
0: see you like. I think that's the biggest thing is just, like, really recognizing namaste, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the light in me recognizes the light in you. And I think that's what so many of us are. I feel like our generation's kind of on that. <laughs> I mean. I've, you know, I feel like we're kind of leading for our, our families and through our own e- example and through our own kind of uh, way of being. You know, I feel like like they always say, like the kids teach the the adults more than the adults teach the kids, you know, because as we get older, too, we can get that jadedness and we forget what's important.
1: Well, from a and if we look at it spiritually, likely we get the thing that we need. So my guess or my I don't know, it's not even a guess. Like, I believe this. I believe that I have the parents I have for a reason. Totally. That actually I'm showing up to give them something and shift something for them. And likely the thing that I need is is actually somehow involving or moving through them. And I believe that with your boss at work, the neighbor you have that you have an issue with. That's why that relationship exercise can actually, you can do that with your boss. Your boss is a jerk. Go show up different don't do anything different show up different Mm
0: -hmm. we forget that. what is going in with a new intention rather than being all like bitter and whatever yeah
1: Yeah, i mean if look it's the simplest thing if we do the same thing we get the same result it's like the cheesiest personal development quote ever but it's (laughs) it's true right like yeah i mean if i always throw a bowling ball the same way it's always going to roll the same way Mm -hmm. but if i do something different it will have a different result i think we don't We were talking about this earlier, but actually looking at everything in your life is on purpose. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Taking, like, I'm all about taking responsibility for all of it, 100%, all the time. But if we look at things as on purpose, so I shared with you that in November, I got in a car accident. I set this situation up. Now, I was sober. But I made a whole bunch of little decisions leading up to that car accident. I fell asleep at the wheel. I had worked four straight days of like 15-hour days training leaders and coaches. I went out to a huge meal. I was listening to a TED Talk instead of something that would like pick me up. And all the decisions I made that day were really small and fine. You wouldn't look at the list of decisions and go, not a good one. You would be like, "All fine. Together, it was a recipe for falling asleep at the wheel and when you look at it as a recipe you're going not a good idea it wasn't an accident i i was at a, i was trending up in all the things i was working on and having breakthroughs and going like my leadership and all these things in my practice and my personal everything was just kind of going up and i think this was that that dark side of myself trying to sabotage it my ego whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. trying to go you're you're like getting too far out of your comfort zone. I need to find a way to pull you back in. So it did. I found a really sneaky way slipping and Some people would go. It was an accident. I fell asleep at the wheel. It was hundred percent on purpose, not consciously purpose, right. but on purpose. And divine. I'm There's like divine ins- an insurance company. Is like it was on purpose. <laughs> yes, it was not on purpose, but
0: divinely guided. In yeah. A way. Yeah. And the
1: thing is, because I'm willing to accept responsibility for all of it. It actually gives me power. I'm not a victim to this thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And the gold that came on the other side was for the first time in my whole life, in 36, I was 35, 35. It was before my 36th birthday. For the first time in my whole life, I realized I was important and I mattered. Because in, I mean, I totaled a car on the 405 freeway between San Diego and LA. I had to jump out of the car, run across the freeway. And the people who showed up for me after that my family, my friends, colleagues, and the love that I got showered in. First of all, I couldn't be with it. Like I was so uncomfortable with yeah. how much people loved me and cared.
0: <laughs> I know that feeling, yeah.
1: But the, the that impact of, holy shit, I matter. Like I actually matter. If I was gone, all these people would have been impacted. Mm-hmm. In ways that like I'm not even, people cried. Like. I was, why, I'm I'm like, why are you crying for me? What did I... Do, we don't even realize the impact that we
0: have. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's where I feel like because we play small and we're like, oh, the who am I's. Yeah. You know? So then when you decided, like, to start this whole Dream Mason business that you have and your podcasts and everything, what has been the driving force of that through this experience and through... The way, like everything up until now.
1: Um, so uh, this all started, I mean, it really, st- I, we could go back probably, it probably started at the beginning, right? Right. But the real shift, I was in Costa Rica, uh, it'll be four years in December, and I was with my family and I was living in New York at the time, I was running a restaurant group, and on paper I was checking all the boxes. I had an amazing girlfriend that was doing amazing things in her life. I have a beautiful family who are supportive and loving. I had great relationships with friends. My I had a great job in New York. I like literally you could just check the boxes of he's doing a good job in life. But I knew there was something off. Like I knew there was something missing and I didn't know what it was. I just felt it here like I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't fulfilled and I thought like the next drink or the next toy that I bought or the next vacation was going to be the thing or more money. Like, oh, well, when I get to this much, then I'll... none of that shit mattered. And I'm sitting in Costa Rica with my family and my cousin, who is a I want to call her a spiritual shaman. She's kind of that person that's always been around that is to me before my transformation was always like teasing her and making fun of her.
0: <laughs> yeah. she
1: was having her own spiritual experience in, in Costa Rica and she leaves the table and she comes back and asks us all what we're grateful for. And when it got to me, so in the past that question, when my mom would ask it at Thanksgivings or whatnot, it was like followed by a series of dick jokes and like super inappropriateness. Cause I couldn't be with that. But this time it got to me and I literally fell apart. I started bawling. I could not speak if you looked around the table it was wide-eyed and slack-jawed um my girlfriend at the time I don't know that she ever like the look on her face was like who is this guy like what just happened and I don't in the moment like it felt like I say that like life punched me in the face Mm. I'm blessed in the sense that I don't have something some crazy event like the car accident happened later but prior to that like i don't have some crazy event in my life i actually have a life that i get to really choose and be grateful for and in that moment i think life gave me an opportunity to go it doesn't have to go like this anymore and i actually think life does that for all of us all the time we're just Mm -hmm. not looking or we're not open and in that i remember going it's going to be different like i said to her when we go back to new york it's going to be different i didn't know what that meant in hindsight, I know that I was grateful for nothing. I had everything that like, what, 99% of the world wants and was grateful for none of it. And I went back to New York and I quit watching sports. I was like a sports junkie. I stopped going to bars every night. I slightly adjusted my my diet. I was already kind of pretty healthy. In the In the coming months, I started doing yoga instead of going to the gym. Like I literally just did anything that was different from what I was doing because I just got that, hey, if I do what I'm doing, I'm going to keep Creating what I'm creating. So I just flipped everything upside down. I started reading instead of, you know, uh, watching TV. I started being positive on purpose, bullshitting it, faking it so much so (laughs) because I just knew that it was different, right? And like people can say, well, that's crazy, you faked it. But I actually became, I started to believe, first of all, it was more fun. Mm -hmm. Finding being positive is actually a lot more fun. So even if, it, lighter? even if it was fake, <laughs> even if it was fake, it felt better. So who cares? Yeah. And it became easier and became more natural. But ultimately, the, you know, and then I found coaching and whatnot. And the thing about, it's funny, because then it happened again, where I was like, I'm not a life coach. What the hell is a life coach? Like, that's the dumbest name ever. Who am I to coach other people on their life? Like, I think I got that right up front. that That's not my job. And I was sitting around and I was like, what's actually missing for me? And what do I, and and this term dream Mason showed up for me. And I went, that's the thing that's missing, at least for me. And what I see in the world is we've forgotten how to dream. And the people that are out there dreaming are the ones that we all hold up on, on pedestals, the Richard Branson, the Elon Musk's, Mm -hmm. the, however you view them, like they're dreamers. And the difference between them and us is, they're, they have a vulnerability to dream because there's risk in dreaming. You might not get it. You might get made fun of. You might fall on your face. You it might end in utter disaster. But it actually th- requires us to be vulnerable. It requires us to have courage and be brave to put it out there. And I realized like that was so. Being able to dream again was a thing. And then you don't get to sit on your couch and like law of attraction your dreams like. That's a piece of a bigger puzzle, but I don't get to just sit and like not take
0: action. Yeah. I don't get to
1: sit and namaste my way to greatness. Like it's not just not a thing. And that's the Mason part. And it was like, Hey, you got to be vulnerable enough to be able to dream and then brave enough to actually start putting blocks and pieces together. And I don't actually think I'm a dream Mason. Like it's not my job. Well, I am, but it's not my job to like make your dreams. It's actually that I am one of billions of dream masons. And then my vision is to actually let other people embrace their inner dream mason so they can build their dreams. Mm -hmm. But it starts with, I mean, you can't do this work unless you're willing to be fall in love with yourself. First of all, trust yourself, have faith in something other than you. I don't care if it's like a little green goblin outside the house, but there's gotta be something other than just me and my two hands if i don't have faith in something else i can't have faith in you i can't have faith in anything and i think for men specifically because women embrace this a little more than men we have to get to a point where we realize that our vulnerability is what actually makes us our what actually empowers our masculinity we're only actually a strong powerful man if we're actually able to be vulnerable
0: Woo! Yeah, brother.
1: It's scary. It's like, I'm like scared <laughs> saying it. Like I, I have like a visceral, I'm like sweating. It's because it's everything the opposite of what we're taught, right? Like mm-hmm. men are supposed to, if you, I, I heard a, one of, we on Brene Brown, right? Master of vulnerability or shame. And, and yeah. she said this thing that was, I thought a great example of this for men. She was doing a talk with, I don't know if it was like Navy SEALs or whatever. And she told them that they were vulnerable and they were like, we're not vulnerable. We're Navy SEALs. We like go in and do the most dangerous shit ever. And she was like, yeah. And you have wives and kids and things to lose, which makes you vulnerable. Because if you die out there, you literally left everything that you value and find important that you love. You're not willing to see it, but you're, you're the most vulnerable firemen, most vulnerable. Anyone who's actually putting themselves and we, as people, we don't have to do something dangerous to be vulnerable But falling in love is vulnerable.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: Like you literally are saying, if you really want to do it, if you actually really want to play that pendulum thing, if you want to love all the way to the end, then you're actually putting your heartbreak on the other end because someone's going to die. Someone's going to get sick. Something's going to happen at some point that's going to literally crush your heart. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. So if you want to love, you actually have to be vulnerable. It's like...
0: Well, to all the men listening, Ah. this is why, like, my mantra is vulnerability is sexy, women and men, because I think we're also in this, I feel and I believe we're also in a space where people can, like, read the bullshit meter, too. You know, like, people want that authenticity. People want that vulnerability. They want their yearning and craving for that realness, too. And so to be able to be real and say, like, I fucked up or like say like I could have done better or say like I want this. Yeah. Because a lot of times the most vulnerable thing is saying what we actually want and being afraid of what others are going to think because of what we want and why we want it.
1: Yeah. We're, we're even afraid. One of my favorite things to, to watch is when I ask a client, hey, what do you want to take on for like the next week? What are you going to create from this yeah. week to next week? And all of a sudden, all the excuses, well, I got this and I have this. And it's like, I'm not actually interested. Like, you can do that without me. Mm -hmm. Declaring what you're going to do is the first step. Mm -hmm. So, hey, I'm going to, it doesn't matter what your business is or what your job, but or your life, you can simply declare and then go after. But it requires vulnerability or fear that, hey, yeah, you might not get it. Mm -hmm. But if you're not willing to say it, you probably won't. Mm -hmm. There's a, all, all of this is just, it's. It's so, I love that you said the authenticity piece because it's, when I started this work, everyone thought I was like full of shit.
0: Authenticity?
1: No, like like this work on myself. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Ex-girlfriends would call me up and be like, what is this Dream Mason stuff? Or, I mean, I was a super negative, I was a stereotype. Like I was a negative dude, negative realistic dude who like drank too much and was like fun to hang out with and like chased women and was like, a dick most of the time. (laughs) And the thing was, it wasn't that that wasn't real. It was just another side of me. Mm -hmm. But a beautiful
0: pendulum swing.
1: Yeah. And, (laughs) and the thing was, it didn't work for me. What I got, like it was real. I wasn't, but it wasn't working. I wasn't producing the life I wanted. So yeah, I could keep doing that, but that would be silly. Um, How long can that
0: be sustainable? You know,
1: it's funny because my rings and my tattoos remind me of my balance. So like my mala beads, my, you know, my, um, yeah, my own, but it's, it's like who I want to be in the world, warrior Mm -hmm. play, heart, light, and keep going is kind of where I come from. I don't have this master, like why I need to do this. I just know it in here. So it's like, Hey, just, just keep going.
0: The perseverance.
1: Yeah. But all of this, I had a friend who said to me one day, he's like, you're a walking dichotomy. You have skulls and nails (laughs) and then you have mala beads. Oh. and you do yoga and I went life is like it's I didn't ba- realize it when he yeah and I didn't yeah. realize it when he said it first I was like oh like what am, I'm doing this wrong and and it is it's like these pieces remind me of my dark side which for a lot of us we actually have to reconcile isn't bad the shadow the shadow the ego like mm. I used to say this is like one of my favorite things, that there was like bad Alex and good Alex. When I started this work, I was like, good Alex is like what I want, right? And bad Alex is who I was. And the thing is, there is no bad Alex. There's no good Alex either. All of that is judgment and assessment. It keeps me separate from myself, right? I can't even, I can't even love myself because there's this dark side. It's actually that like there just is Alex and there's no good or bad at all. It's just me following my passion, my love, being a kind person. And actually catching myself when I go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like I actually wasn't nice or that thing I did wasn't authentic. And that's not wrong either. We spend so much time, like we, you said it before, like I screwed up. What if there wasn't screwing up? What if when you did make a wrong decision, it actually was just the new opportunity To make a new decision that sent you off, right? Like in a new path. Mm Detour. Yeah. But like all Deepak Chopra has this thing where he's like all roads connect.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally. And we're all guiding each other home.
1: Yeah. I couldn't be sitting here with you today if I didn't make a whole bunch of decisions that at the time seemed bad. Mm -hmm. I just, this is a great exercise for, for, can I share that? Yeah, totally. For for people that hate choice. There's so many, right? We can't choose. Do I choose this or that? Whether it's Mm -hmm. a job, whatever. So I, this is a Deepak Chopra thing. I don't want to, like, rip him off. But he basically does this thing where he's, like, split a paper, like, down the middle. Okay. And on one side write fi- at least five really good choices you've made in your life. So for me, I might say, like, moving to New York was a great choice. Uh, taking on a coaching transformational leadership program was a great choice.
0: Being in Sabrina's house was a great choice. I'm just kidding. Totally. <laughs>
1: um, and then, look, here, I'm going to, like, pose. Um I'm trying to think of a way to, well, and then on the other side, put your bad, your, what you think were bad choices. Mm -hmm. So I could say driving home that night from San Diego was a bad choice. Cheating on a girlfriend at some point in my life was a bad choice. Now the third step is to actually look at and find when you look at your good column, go, what's a bad thing that came from that good choice. Mm. So moving to New York, What's a bad thing that came from it? Well, I was in a job that was a great job with a great company, but I wasn't fulfilled and happy in it, and I suffered in it for a long time. Just my personal thing. Um, what was the the second thing I said was um, – I don't remember what the second good thing I said. You were um, talking about it's Ella. Well, whatever it is, whatever yeah. your good choice was. Mm-hmm. Oh, the coaching leadership. coaching leadership. Is I have – Huge breakdowns. Like I had a whole month where I did nothing but cry and be in tears. See, that's the thing. Instead of
0: breakdowns, they're breakthroughs, you know, and that's shifting that person. On the other side. Well,
1: the breakthroughs on the other side of the breakdown. Mm. Right? Like I kind of have to have the breakdown to have the breakthrough. Mm -hmm. They it's that pendulum again. They go together. Mm -hmm. And then on the negative side, look at the things that you looked at as bad decisions and go, what's the good that came out of it? Well, I think the first bad decision that I said was driving home that night. I've literally never felt more loved mm-hmm. um cheating in a in a past relationship. Well, maybe I would still be in a relationship that didn't serve me. I don't know. I wouldn't it doesn't mean that cheating is a good thing. It doesn't mean that getting in a car is <laughs> a good thing. It's actually just that there are no good and bad decisions.
0: you're right. That's where the neutrality comes in. So in Kundalini Yoga, mm-hmm. they talk about it takes nine seconds from you to get to the neutral mind. So first you had to go through the negative mind, and then you go to the positive mind, and then you get to that neutral mind where you honor two sides of the coin to realize it's a coin. Okay. So yeah. that to me is what that exercise sounds like.
1: Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's – I. what's the um, – I learned this from a yoga teacher, and I don't know that it's like the 17 seconds – you can actually shift any place you are in 17 like seconds. Like your perception? Pretty much, yeah. If you actually pause for 17 and seconds and breathe through it and breathe, you can actually it's like a pattern interrupt. Interesting. Um, but it sounds like a similar Yeah,
0: cuz in Kundalini it's like 9 seconds to get to that space of neutrality, which is where like you re- you're able to recognize that two sides of the coin to realize it's the coin.
1: Yeah, and then and I don't, you know, in my coaching practice most of us will f- just flip the coins over, which mm-hmm. is actually not is our way to fix things. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. So if I think I'm bad, I have to be good. Mm-hmm. If I think, if I realize I'm in a scarcity conversation, mm-hmm. you know, as a coach, if I say to my client, Hey, it sounds like there's a lot of scarcity. There's not enough money. There's not enough time, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They'll go, Oh, well I'll, I'll focus on abundance. No, it's just the other, it's the same thing. It's mm-hmm. the other, we actually want to get us out of that box. And
0: realize there is no box.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and to that, we can just shift and be something completely different. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be. I mean, we literally wake up every day and start over. Mm -hmm. But most of us don't start over, Mm -hmm. but we could and we could do it like when we are done with this, I could walk out your door and go do something totally different than I was going to do it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I can go. I could be the angriest dude ever and decide I'm going to go just love people now. (laughs) <laughs> there's it's a, a cho-
0: choice isn't that amazing the power of choice
1: it's everything yeah do you know um you probably do because you have a billion amazing books um what's the victor Frankl? Uh, man search a man search for meaning
0: Oops. yes i've heard of it yes
1: so it's just very heavy in the mm-hmm. sense of like the, how much it takes for you to read it mm-hmm. but he points to he was he was in the concentration camps everyone mm-hmm. he knew died And the thing that he looks at is even in there, you had a choice. So he points to like, there were people that just wallowed away and died. And then there were people who were like, I get one piece of bread and I'm going to break it in half and give it to somebody else. There were people who stared out and looked for beauty in the world. There were people who purposely were nice to the guards who weren't nice to them. But his thing was the only thing that no one can ever take from you is choice. Because in any situation, you get to choose not what you're going to do. They didn't get to choose what they were going to do, but they got to choose who they were going to be. And his essentially assessment or, or what he analyzed from this experience was m- the people that survived were actually people that chose to look for the beauty or the good or the love because if they weren't, they were dying just way faster. Mm-hmm. They were contributing to their own essentially death. But it's we're not. We're not.
0: <laughs> That's the second time I've heard that book in a podcast. That was the, like when I was with my my it's, interview with Luke yeah. Story. That he was brought the, it up that too. was the book he brought up, and I was like, I almost was a Holocaust studies minor when I was in school. So talk about fucking parallels and like confirmation, yeah. you know, that looking for confirmation and things like that. That you're on the right path and you're you're in that flow.
1: And it just yeah, with the
0: choices too that you make
1: choices everything Mm -hmm. because in every given moment forget about the choice most people hear choice and they think like I have to do things right Mm -hmm. so I hear this a lot where somebody's like I have no options or I have no choices Mm -hmm. you have a billion options and choices Mm -hmm. now there might not be things you can actually do there might not be doing choices based on like
0: but it's also intuitive choices and like what's resonating Mm -hmm. I had an experience in Oregon after the eclipse there was an opportunity for me to have a reunion with someone and i just had to walk away like i just knew it wasn't the right time and i got lost in the middle of the fucking forest because my gps i was by myself (laughs) my phone wasn't working so i was like using a garmin it's having me going fucking Mm off-roading and like i'm like this is definitely not where i parked my car like i'm like thank god i have a subaru that i can like off-road and trek. But what I heard from my what I heard from my guides was that if I didn't listen to my intuition, and if I just jumped it without and I jumped on it without the reason or without the knowing of what needed to happen, I would have risked not being able to have kids in the future. Like something very serious. I'm very connected with my guides mm-hmm. because I did the right choice. But if I were to choose the the quote unquote wrong choice or the choice that I my intuition was telling me not to do. If I didn't listen to that intuition, I would have, like, set myself up for a lot more disasters down the way, too. So I think connecting more with our intuition, too, is a huge part of that choice.
1: Well, my guess, too, is your intuition would have showed up again. Yeah. Like, it, w- it wasn't like you got one shot with it. Yeah. It would have – yeah, maybe there would have been some negatives and likely there would have been positives. Mm-hmm. And you would have had another choice. That's mm-hmm. the thing, the beautiful thing about choices. I get to keep doing it until I'm dead and when we like whatever that energetic experience looks like, but I get to keep choosing and Mm the, the doing is one side of it, right? I get to choose whether I'm going to get up and go to work. That's like the bare minimum of choosing. We think that's choice. That's the littlest you can do is is choose the human doing.
0: Oh, like what am I going to wear today?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The biggest piece of choice is who you're going to be or how you're going to show up. So I've been using this a lot lately, like we forget we're human beings and it's just, we don't even think about this in our culture that, yeah, I choose to go to work. Who am I going to be when I get there? Am I going to be a leader? Am I going to be a follower? Am I going to be grumpy? Am I going to be angry? Am I going to be authentic? Am I going to be, you know, sad? Am I going to be the universe? Am I going to be energy? It doesn't actually matter. But that's the choice. Those are the choices. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I can say, hey, I'm going to go to work today and I'm going to be play. I'm going to show up all day from play. And let's say I get to work and it doesn't work. I don't know what that would mean, right? Like I can choose again. Okay, now I'm going to be empathy. And I'm going to do that for a little while.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But you actually have to stop and actually be with you to have that conversation.
0: Which is, uh, again, a foreign concept for so up until recently that people are really having to – love themselves and honor themselves and just be present and
1: yeah because who wants to be with themselves because the voice in their head is probably the meanest person they've ever totally. met if your voice in your head is not mean every day you should wake up and be grateful <laughs> yeah. like that should be the thing that you're like i'm so grateful that i have the I best
0: have. life <laughs> i have
1: like i look it's it- about
0: conquering that you know that inner critic that inner mean girl
1: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, look, it, and also, and, boy, and also yeah. loving it because it's actually there to protect us. Mm-hmm. It's actually trying to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't act, it's not actually aware of what safety is and what we want. And look, if we were growing up or living in a war torn country, or you were bol- or you were in a situation like slavery or the holocaust mm-hmm. this is a different conversation you know i wouldn't walk into like skid row in la and start talking like this mm-hmm. that's they don't have their basic needs met it's not that's not okay but the people i'm talking to people that are you're talking to the people that are listening to this on an iphone likely or some other are not having that conversation like our, our most of our basic needs are met so we actually can have a conversation To
0: up-level, to hold space for everyone else to rise up. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mm, I just want to, like, feel in that. That's, like, been the intention with this podcast, and I'm sure you feel it too, is just to connect with like-minded people like myself to hold space and to let others know, like, hey, like, you got this. Like, there are no limits, you know? And there are people like you and myself that are here to support. You don't have to do this alone.
1: And we get it too. Yeah. Like, I'm not – I have – I, you know, I, I think like we were kind of talking, I have so many people around me that hold me up. Somebody today, somebody this weekend said I was the universe. They were like, it, it really landed. They were like, you're everywhere all the time and you're everywhere for so many people. And I was talking to somebody else today and I, and I said to them, I was like, they were there. I said, you know, if I'm the universe you were that little cat in men in black who had the universe hanging on the necklace because you hold me.
0: Oh, I love that. And
1: the thing is, there's like 50 people that hold me now,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but I chose that, right? Like I actually had to be willing to walk into some super scary, dark cave of looking at my life and looking at myself and actually being willing to hear people Mm -hmm. and hear reflections and, and have breakdowns and, be scared and be vulnerable, and like look at shame, to actually have these people around me.
0: And that takes courage.
1: It and it choice, might take craziness. Sometimes I'm like, this what is, the fuck this am I doing?
0: <laughs> look, if, if yeah, I know. It's, I hear you, and I, it's so interesting. So many of my friends that are conscious, they just keep telling me like, I'm dropping people left and right, and there's no, it's no nothing personally. It's just. I know with me, I'm in a space if I don't feel supported by the people in my life or if I don't feel like I can really support them in a way, may you be blessed. Like, there's a quote that I live by yeah. that everything happens for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. And they say, like, Saturn has, like, seven-year cycles. And, like, they say if a relationship doesn't last, platonic or r- or romantic, mm-hmm. if it doesn't last seven years, really, then it's not mm. – it won't last that. That's part of that season. Sure. Because, you know, there's a lot of changes that happen and it's just really like, and not feeling sad about that either. It's just like blessing it up and just realizing that this is the cycle of life. This is it.
1: Yeah. We make it mean a lot. Have you read Oneness by Rasha? No. So it's, I think it's the best book I've ever, have you ever read like Conversations with God? Yeah. Okay. So. Of oneness by Rasha, I feel like is conversations with God on steroids.
0: Oh, cool. So
1: if you're, you know, if you're not, if it's, I wouldn't recommend it as the first book you pick up in your transformation or your personal development, Mm -hmm. you'll think this woman's crazy. She, she talks, she, she's channeling this work. Right. And it just, it's the level of vibration and consciousness is, is ridiculously high. Um, there's pages that, you literally will read over and over and over again because they You're don't so intense. make sense. Yeah, And eventually they do make sense. Mm-hmm. There's a piece in there that hit me really hard because as I, when I left L.A. to go to New York, I left a lot. I actually thought I was leaving the things I didn't like about myself behind. And that doesn't happen. Mm-mm. And when I changed my life in New York and then now I'm back on the West Coast my relationships are different and it's actually really heartbreaking in a way because I'm a, I'm like very much in the conversation that you just described. And she talks about it in this book is we view it as like, if we're leaving a friendship behind, we're bad or we shouldn't do that. Or we're like shallow or, or we're not loyal. And actually we might be more loyal to ourselves in the bigger picture. If we are like, we, we have relationships to serve us at points in time. Mm-hmm. and we actually just have to, tr- I think you spoke before, we have to trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. There's relationships that don't serve us anymore,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they're not bad, and we're not bad. It just doesn't serve whatever our bigger purpose is.
0: And that's where you bless up, and you just say, you know, yeah. may you be blessed, and thank you for what you've taught me and what I may have taught you. And, and it's I okay to that's, that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. okay to honor that. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I mean, even moving out here, it's like I'm seeing how things are shifting and I'm really stepping into my space more as a spiritual teacher and things like that. And so now my uh, in the health and wellness industry, I'm just seeing how that is expanding too. And I'm talking to more coaches and authors and things like that, that you have to make space for them too. Yeah. You know? So I like to end all of my – this has been so awesome. Okay, so I like to end all of my questions. I'm sure you weren't expecting this walking into Cedar and Sage on last Monday. <laughs>
1: I wasn't, but I'm like – it's again, it's that – like, it's great. It's, yeah. what, it's actually what I wanted, and this conversation is exactly what I wanted. I mean, not just for me, but, you know, I like I trust that – There's somebody that takes it. That needs it. There's somebody that needs it. And it's not, yeah, they'll get whatever they get. Totally. There's something there.
0: Okay. So this is my lightning round. Okay. Go figure, right? Okay. So what would you say is your spirit animal?
1: Oh, man, a shark.
0: A shark. I've never been
1: asked that, but if I have to choose a shark. Why? Because they keep going. They don't, they like literally just keep, they never stop moving.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay, what would you say are some of your favorite deities or gods and goddesses that are really supporting you?
1: Mm. Oh wow, I don't even know if I know enough about that. Well, um, in general, like, well, what would you say? Well, yeah. would I joke? A I minute, mean, this is my. Ever since I had Danielle Page on my podcast and we talked, and I would joke like my journey is from from Dream Mason to Warlock to deity. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer because I don't know. But I think what I love is I I love the old Greek gods. Mm-hmm. I just think they're, there's something cool about them. And the funny thing is I was just doing this project at a um a church for people that are retired and don't have money. So this, this church like supports and takes care of them. And they were talking about how they put things that they need at the foot of one of the saints.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, how is this different from Greek? Like, same, this is, this is the same, same, same,
0: same. Yeah, totally. So
1: I'm all about like I'm very fascinated. I just watched Troy on Netflix. I'm like very fascinated by the way we relate to like the old gods. I just think there's mm-hmm. something very cool about so it. So
0: which one would you say? Knowing uh, all the Greek mythology, because those are still so, gods and gods. Yeah, goddesses. and I don't I
1: don't know it enough. I think it would be what's um. I feel like it would have to be what's the ocean? Um, who's the god of the ocean? Um, like
0: uh Zeus no zeus, no, zeus is, is like is a king
1: yeah it, i forget who the i'm it's i'm just i'm not the the and the reason I would say it is because i think the ocean perfectly reflects the balance of human beings like it flows mm-hmm. in it flows out and that's everything in life there's the it's, it represents the ebb and flow
0: yeah like a like a Triton kind of
1: yeah i can't think of
0: i can't think right now either yeah,
1: but People know. People know who they are. is. We're the,
0: not shaming ourselves <laughs> for it. Yeah.
1: And, and I don't have to be on the ocean anytime yeah. soon, so I'm all
0: right. So all the ocean yeah. gods, we love you still. Yeah. Um, okay, so what would you tell younger Alex today? Oh, man.
1: Um, I think I would tell younger Alex that the, he's not broken. Mm-hmm. Like, if he could actually, if he could hear me.
0: He can, because he's here.
1: Yeah, I would tell him he's not actually broken and he doesn't have to create like this, this, I call it fictional authenticity. Like he doesn't have to create this. I love that story. It's he doesn't. Yeah, I don't have to create this fake story to be safe. Like I'm actually fine exactly the way I am. I
0: love that. What's the one single piece of advice you've heard that has resonated with you mm. so strongly?
1: Oh man, I'm si- I mean I'm just coming off so much good stuff, but the one single piece
0: like the most profound.
1: Oh man. Um God, there's so much, we're like inundated. I'm abundance <laughs> I th- no I think I think it's got to be the choice thing that when my coach put the concept of like choice is the biggest thing that we have that actually I'm a hundred percent responsible for everything in my life and that it's up to me to actually be choosing powerfully all the time and create what I want I think that's because I think if you can have if you have that anything's actually possible yes well, I think those would be the
0: Okay, so then with having said that, what's the one piece of advice you would share?
1: It's got to be self-love. It's got to be that like if you actually can fall in love with yourself, anything's possible. So all your goals, all your things, if you don't love yourself, it doesn't matter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You will ultimately always have to do more. But if you fall in love with yourself, whether it's first or in the process, then you'll have everything and create everything you want.
0: Mm, I love that. Okay. So the last question is where can we find more of you? <laughs> um
1: well, you I love Instagram. It's just my I I lose myself in it. I love creating things to put on there. Uh so inspirational Alex is And my, all the
0: links are in the show notes below.
1: And then I'm really available in the sense of not like like I like I love this. I'm so this is like I sleep breathe there when I turn it off I shut it all down but this is me like all the time and so if you go to like if you went to the dreammason.com you can get to the dream mason podcast from there but if anybody reaches out to me for anything I would talk to them and it's not like hey here's an invoice and a bill like I'll have a conversation with anyone for anything and if there's if we're meant to work together great if we're not that's okay too like we can just have that conversation. So thedreammason.com, my phone number's on there. So, <laughs> I mean, it is, it's on He's the website. available. Site. I am available.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming to my house. And, thank you. And for doing this. Yeah, talk about just, I, I'm telling you, ever since I really said, like, you know what, I'm bringing men on, like, it, it just, it that was a choice that felt so right like i felt like i've been doing this podcast for a while and there was just a part that felt like i was missing something because i do love healing the hearing the male perspective and healing the male perspective too because for our society to continue to move forward there has to be that balance and to allow men to feel safe to express and have women heal their own inner masculine and just rising up together. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to chat. That was amazing. And I can't wait to hear more from you. And maybe someday I'll be on the Dream Mason podcast, (laughs) you know, just planting that seed there.
1: Anytime we just flip roll river. Yeah. Right. I'm like totally (laughs) done with it. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank thank you. Thank
1: you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for the space that, that you created that would actually let me be open, be vulnerable, be real. So thank you for that.
0: Uh, Thank you, brother. Yeah, you know, one of my mantras is be real, be authentic. So, yes, and we're doing it. We're changing the world. So thank you again, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you soon. Take care. I mean, come on. How amazing was that episode? It was so fun to have Alex at my house and just have that serendipitous flow and that's what so many of us are doing, so many of us are yearning for and for him to be able to come forth and share his story of his perseverance and his willingness to choose that this is his reality and he's creating the life that he's always wanted. uh, Ah, such an inspiration. Go check out Alex, go check out the Dream Mason podcast. I'm going to be in an upcoming episode, very excited about that but it's just been so cool to see how he's just trusting and so if there's anything you get from this episode is that you just continue to trust, 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 trust in yourself, trust your intuition, trust that you're exactly where you need to be, that everything is perfect, that all is unfolding exactly as it should. And you'll be able to really actualize your dreams. So thank you again, Alex. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you have a minute, leave a review on iTunes. I'm really excited because now I'm also on Spotify here at the Sovereign Society Podcast. And it's so, uh, it's just been so fun. I've been creating a lot more playlists and stuff that I'm also sharing, um, as well as having the podcast through Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes and Google Play, and just more opportunities for this message and this medicine to be shared. So go, please leave a review, and anyone who leaves a review will get my free, my free book, my Sodna ebook to help you cultivate a daily practice so that you can go forth and really align to your destiny and radiate your roundness. So don't forget to follow me on Instagram at springrichio. Send me a screenshot. I love to see who's watching and listening time and time again. So send me a screenshot. Put it in your stories. Use the hashtag Sovereign Society Podcast. Tag me at Sabrina Riccio and you'll be featured on my Instagram and I'm just so beyond stoked to have you here and to be continuing to share these powerful messages and like I said I'm just so grateful that I have men on this podcast now because there is an important it's really important for us to hear both sides and to be able to support each other on this journey so, thanks again for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with you. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this episode resonated with you. So, thanks. Share with your friends. Keep showing up. And I just want you to go out there and radiate your radness. Have a beautiful rest of your time. Take care. Satnam.